This is a podcast from the Royal Court Theatre. The following content may contain strong language. Welcome back to the third series of the Royal Court Theatre Playwrights Podcast with me, Simon Stevens. One of the pleasures of making these podcasts is exploring the work of those writers I'm talking to. It's an embarrassing confession that until this month I was entirely ignorant of the plays of Winston Pinnock. I understood her to be a figure of real significance in British playwriting over the last three decades, but it happened that she was a writer that I hadn't read. Reading her plays has been little short of a revelation. She's a writer with London deep in her veins. Born and educated in Islington, she attended that borough's celebrated Anashir Theatre School before studying English and drama at Goldsmiths and taking an MA in Modern Literature at Birkbeck. She has said that she found a greater sense of self here at the Royal Court Young People's Theatre in the early 80s where she was taught by, amongst others, Hanif Qureshi. And at the same time as having work supported by the Half Moon Theatre and the Women's Playhouse Trust, it was while part of the Young Writers Theatre that she wrote her first full-length play, Leave Taking, a scolding, tender study of a family in the emotional throes of the displacement and self-interrogation that immigration into London from the Caribbean has brought them. It was staged at the Liverpool Playhouse Studio and in 1988 at the National Theatre, making her the first black female playwright to have a play staged there some 20 years after its opening. To date, there have only been five others. Her plays for the Royal Court include A Hero's Welcome with the Women's Playhouse Trust and A Rock in Water with the Young People's Theatre and 1991's extraordinary Talking in Tongues. Talking in Tongues felt like a real discovery to me when I read it earlier this week. A play of formal daring and emotional honesty, it charts the same existential diaspora of immigration as leave-taking, a frank and often hilarious study of the emotional sexual complexities of the black British assimilation into white London life in the first act. It takes us in its second act to the beaches of the Caribbean and exposes those same characters to the scorch of heat and the ferocity of a ruthless capitalism as that cultural assimilation is reversed and we watch the cruelty and ignorance pathos and perversions of the English abroad. Talking in Tongues was followed in 1996 by Mules, a play written for the seminal Clean Break Theatre Company, a company that establishes residencies in prisons for female playwrights and then commissions those playwrights to write plays in response to their experiences. Mules is linguistically rangy, sharply observed and unflinching in its study of a globalised drug trafficking culture. She's written for the Soho Theatre and the Tricycle. She's taught at Royal Holloway College and at Cambridge and Kingston Universities. If she's had a comparatively quiet decade on our stages in the past 10 years, she's continued to write with energy for radio and with this year's revival of Leave Taking at the Bush, there seems to be a renaissance of interest in her work. The debt that recent years of black British playwrights owes to Pinnock has been celebrated and is unarguable. 
She was described by The Guardian as the godmother of black British theatre. But I can't help feeling that while upholding and championing her cultural presence as a figure of enormous importance in the recent dramatising of black experience in this country, it would be a mistake not also to celebrate her for her glorious formal audacity, the unapologetic articulacy of her world and the rigour and clarity with which she's dramatised the existential catastrophes brought about by capital and gender inequality as much as by the innate racism of the legacy of British colonialism. I loved reading her plays for many reasons, but what lingers with me most is the air and space which she allows her characters to speak and to listen to one another. At a time when other writers were refining the, the attack of rattling dialogue, Pinnock opened up the space for conversation and idea and while dramatising with incision and complexity those cultural structures that have restricted or damaged her characters, she was, in her plays, able to give them a space to talk to one another, fully, fearlessly, and with great compassion. Winston Pinnock, welcome to the Royal Court. Hello, thank you for that. That was amazing. It was amazing to read your plays. I mean, I feel really embarrassed having not read them before, but there are things of real beauty, and I will read more of them. Oh, I really wish I'd been to see Leave Taking at the Bush. Yeah, uh, I always start these conversations with the same question. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, uh, which I'll ask you, I'll start with the same question, which is when was the first time that you went to the theatre? Okay, well... I think the first time I went to the theatre was to the Royal Court. Bloody hell. I think so. That's not bad going. That's not bad going, <laughs> no. Most people I, just do the pantomime. I know, I know, no, no, no. I'd what never were you doing seen at the court? a pantomime. But I went to a school that um, had such an interest and commitment in the arts. Right. Um, I went to a school in North London. And at the time, ILIA, the Inner London Education Authority, right. um, was investing in those schools to a degree. And we were offered, or constantly offered, free tickets to go to, or subsidised tickets, to wow. attend the theatre. So I started going to the theatre. Then, when I was about 12, right. uh, I saw my first play. And I think, because I've kind of tried to work it out, and I think <laughs> it was here at the Royal Court, I saw Bond's the sea edward bond's play the sea which i thought was extraordinary and there was um a message in that play for me though <laughs> uh, <laughs> edward bond was speaking directly oh, to man. me and he said something in that play it was something like young people can change the world and i think he was specifically saying theater could change the world and I kind of took that to heart. I thought, oh, okay. And I, I, I was taken by that. So I saw, there were three plays I saw around the same time. Mm. Of course, memories are a bit, uh, you know, you can't rely on memory mm. completely. But so there was Bond. Wow. Then there was um, Shaw's St. Joan. Now oh you imagine God. a young woman watching St. Joan yeah. and I'm not sure where I saw that but you know this sort of young girl <laughs> warrior and the third one again this is, was um, The Taming of the Shrew and wow. the production I saw yeah, yeah again was the shrew in the, you know the first half of the play 
I was amazed because she was kicking and screaming and rebelling. And although she was she was tamed at the end, there was this yeah. extraordinary excitement about theatre and its pos- the possibilities that it opened up, I think. And so I started going to the theatre on my own. Did you? I did. Yes. As an early teenager. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, my I I would go with my younger sister, and oh, uh, we would just go and. I remember seeing a what was this play at the RSC called Captain Swing? Do you know this play? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, Captain it's another Swing hole in my is in a, my canon of reading. It's a historical character, and right. this was a very dense, intense, complicated play. Yeah. But we, these two young black girls, were sat there, <laughs> the only two black girls in the audience. <laughs> So we would be there in all these different performances, just the two of us sitting, watching these plays. Um, But we both developed a love for theatre at that time. So, yes, so it was here that it started for me. And I was, um, when I got older and I read a bit about the Royal Court, it was always important to me, you know, what the kind of work that was produced here. Right. George Devine's uh, work and you know his ethos and his idea about getting different kinds of people into the theatre. I was interested in the Young People's Theatre before I joined it. I'd read about about that and everything. So yeah, it was so everything started for me, I guess, here at the Royal Court. Yeah, that's an extraordinary story. Yeah, and 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 a real vindication of the the the, the funding of the. ILEA kind of absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Because oh. we'd we'd also have um, theatre and education groups would come to the school, and they were always kind of they always had a political right. um, agenda, if you like, yeah. uh, or 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 it was educational. But mm. um, and and students from other uh, from drama schools would come and try stuff out mm. on us. Um, mm. So we had students from RADA, and that was how I first came across um, the play Class Enemy, which I know was a big... Nigel inf- Williams' play. Exactly, yeah. that was a big um, influence or inspiration for Roy Williams. Yeah, but then that's I, right. I acted in a version of Class Enemy because when I was at Goldsmiths, one of my um, one of the other students did an all-female version of it. Oh, brilliant. All those years ago. <laughs> That's why I was in it. <laughs> when you were when you were watching the sea or watching the visiting production of Class Enemy or Taming of the Shrew or whatever, um, did did that trigger kind of fantasies of what you might do? And were those fantasies of you as an actor, a performer, a director, or were you thinking about writing as a teenager? It was performing. Right. Yeah, I really wanted to be to to perform to act. Yeah. And um, yeah, so and that really was a fantasy, and mm. um, I was kind of obsessed with doing that. And I had, um, you know, there were people I really admired. I think I've mentioned people like um, Glenda Jackson, who right. I found out was working class, I believe. Right. So, so she was an inspiration right. to me. Yeah. Um, so it makes it makes that kind of work accessible. It does. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. You Cause, think because you're yeah. from Islington, right? North yeah. London, and yeah. and Islington's a very kind of you know it, it's it, it's a kind of it's become a like byword for like Tony Blair, Gordon Brown having that dinner on Upper Street, and a byword for affluence. But actually, it's a, the, what kind of like Islington were you raised in? Where where were you in Islington? Well. 
affluence and poverty sit cheek by jowl in yeah, Islington still today. Yeah. And at that time, when, when I was a very young child, you actually still had slums, actually. You know, they, oh. they were still sort of clearing them up right. in, in Islington. Um, so yeah. people, uh, yeah, when you mention Islington, people kind of seem to assume that you'd be quite well off or something. Right. But no, my, my family were extremely poor, mm. in fact. Um, oh. And... Um, yeah, but you, you kind of, I mean, Islington's interesting for that, in that, you know, people do, you go to the same schools, you know, right. so you, you you do kind of wrap up against um It's the best form of, of comprehensive people. education. Absolutely, possibility yeah, you're, exactly. You know, that's what yeah. a London yeah. school should be, really. That's right. And yeah. then and then at places like Amersham, you meet yeah. a range of people, you you have that sense that you're kind of to some degree, all in it together. And for people who don't know, tell us a little bit about Anishir, because it's an important yeah. place, Anishir, right? Yeah, I, I wasn't there for that long, but okay. Anishir was, is, um, it was called the Anishir Children's Theatre, and it's yeah. a young, uh, a sort of drama group, if you like, for young people. Yeah. And because I was, you know, an aspiring actress, <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to Anishir. Who is it? Well, you say you had to, oh, you, you made yourself go. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, no, I was dying to go. In right, fact. brilliant, um, brilliant. And I did, I actually worked a bit with Anna in her office oh, wow. because I, yeah, I had this job after school working in the office. Mm. <laughs> what was it like? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still to this day come out in a cold sweat well, when I remember the work? mistakes that oh, I made. No. <laughs> where Anna used to tell me that I had to keep the receipts for every single thing I purchased oh, for no. them and and I'd lose them. <laughs> to this day, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, you know... Did you I'm enjoy the work anxious. that you did there? Did you do good acting? Yeah. What kind of stuff were you doing? Well, I didn't do... I... I and, did I? I enjoyed everyone else's work. I think right. I did. You know, they'd, people would do make uh, create these plays and things. And I remember doing this play, um, you know, performing this thing, which was really not great at all. But mm. I was the star of it, and that was the main. <laughs> <laughs> that was the main. It's all that point matters. It. It's all that matters, yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> but it. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but there were there were there were people producing good work. Yeah. I I think I liked working in the office more than anything, because it was a behind the scenes. Uh, you you got this insight into the industry to some extent, you know. And and, and castings. And, things. and you were still going to the theatre with your sister. I was still whole, doing that. Yeah. When did you yeah. When did you think about the possibility of writing rather than acting? Um, I'd started writing. Um, when I was a child, actually, right. I'd, I'd, I'd started writing, like, uh, prose. Yeah. Because my best friend came back from the school holiday and told me that she'd written... When we were about seven or eight, <laughs> and she told me that during the, s the summer holiday she'd written a novel. Wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, wow, Pam's written a novel. <laughs> I've wow. got to write one as well. That's a good way so, of spending your summer holiday at seven. That's really great. Well, yeah. So we, <laughs> so I started writing as a child, and oh, wow. um, yeah. So I'd be writing these sort of, um, I don't know, horror horror stories mm. about cats. <laughs> 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 you know, 
sort of cats because I was afraid of cats at the time so cats featured prominently in these <laughs> tales of horror and yeah, suspense that's pretty good <laughs> were you a big reader? Uh, yeah, yeah 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 I mean I I yeah I was a voracious reader but I read um, children's books and I can't remember uh, a lot of the books I was reading at the time I read plays of course I remember reading J.B. Priestley. Wow. Yeah, I really like J.B. Priestley's yeah, work. Yeah, me. I, he's an extraordinary writer. Really? He's really, yes. He's one of that generation that was overlooked because of what happened in this building in the 50s, but his plays are exquisite. Yeah, yeah. Time and the Conways is one of I my favourite of all plays. I love that play. I, I really love Time and the Conways, yeah. of course, and, and, and Inspector Calls. Yeah. And when I'd read those plays, I started kind of writing a little bit. God, there's, yeah. quite, oh, there's a. Yeah. There's a real influence of J.B. Priestley in your work, I think. Do you think? I just having that moment now. I'm really new to your work, but I'm thinking about the fracturing of structure. Yeah. I'm thinking about a consideration of humanity yeah. uh, with the economic pressures put on. Yes. You know, yeah. was what he was doing in the late yeah. 30s, right? Yeah. And also, one of the things. Sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but the length of conversations in your scenes yeah. is quite Priestley-esque. It is really allowing it? people to yeah. talk to one another. Yeah. So that was a big. In, he was really. When a did big you read? him um, I can't remember right. but I was fairly young yeah, um, and of course it wasn't this none of this was on the curriculum or anything it wasn't you know our teachers hadn't told us to read this stuff so where but are you getting it I've, I can't remember right. <laughs> I actually can't remember mm. how I found Priestley maybe just in the library because um, when people for would, the younger listeners tell them what a library is <laughs> <laughs> So when, when, you know when people would skip classes and things, yeah. and some of some of my friends would skip classes and mm. they'd go, I don't know where they'd go, and go off smoking or something, but yeah. on the occasion, I was a really good student, right. really good at two shoes, yeah, I'd too. never do anything naughty or anything, but if I skipped a class, I'd go to the school library wow. and just sit in the corner, and... Uh, what I so don't understand beautiful. is why the librarian didn't allowed me to do that. <laughs> they could I see something. They could see what I, you were bound for. I, I, I don't know. I, I've been trying to work this out. How this little girl sat in the corner, reading or you know exploring the books there, would be allowed just to sit there when she was supposed to be in a class. Wow, you and Matilda. <laughs> Did you know that story, the Roald Dahl story? It's exactly about that. It's a good okay. show. Dennis Kelly okay. made it well, pretty I'll good. Have, have a look to, at it. So yeah, right. it works. To, it's I'll good. Have, to have a look yeah. at that. But yes, that's so. That's what I did. And I read kind of. I wasn't just reading um, plays or novels. I would read um, non-fiction stuff right. as well. I was interested in. I'd read biographies. Right. Uh, autobiographies. Right. No, yeah. no biographies. Right. Of, um, right. You know. Do you remember like of that. who? Just out of interest. Writers. Yeah. Yeah. So reading writers' biographies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, just um, uh, I'm, I'm maybe getting. Yeah, this was when I was older, mm. a bit older now. Um, mm. You know, was it James Joyce? Was it? Wow. Elman? Yeah. Richard Elman's biography. That's right. James yeah, Joyce. which is really good. And he also wrote about. Yeah. He wrote about Oscar Wilde. Yeah, as he well, did. Didn't he? So yeah, that was really interesting to yeah. me. And yeah. Dickens, and just these, you know, the people who were on the creek, I would read around, read about their lives and stuff like that. Mm. 
to searching for the searching for the writer within I the think literature. So. Like exactly. Really look. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. think that's that's what that's, it was. That's yeah. Really exciting. Yeah. You did an English degree, right? I did. Yes. The, at, uh, well, it was English and drama right. at Goldsmiths. Yeah. How was that? That was um, great. I, I. Yeah, it was really good. It was a real. Um, I thought that going to Goldsmiths was a kind of liberation in a way mm. from being at school. Like right. it was, you know, especially studying drama, yeah. it was quite freeing, I thought. And Goldsmiths has always been quite a freeing school. I think so. It's all because of the presence yeah. of the art school within yeah. it. Kind of, yeah. But Goldsmiths yeah. in the 80s, I bet. Was it the 80s? Would it be the 80s? It was the, no. <laughs> it was the right at the end of the 70s, oh, yeah, 79. Okay. But that, you know, early Thatcher, punk. Yeah, that's right. Of, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that was interesting. A lot of my um, peers were. Um, you know, the, the the boys would be kind of, um, you know, they'd wear makeup. They were the first right. of their generation who were doing, well, not the yeah. first actually, but you know, it, that, there was yeah. all that movement, they'd be wearing makeup and their clothes were gender neutral yeah. and stuff like that. So that was quite interesting. I was, I think I was the only woman of color on that particular, in that year. Right. on that course that year. Right. And one of the few people from my background um, you know, a working class background. There were two of us, I think, that right. year. Um, so it was very different then, I think, because fewer people went to university. So for us to make it to university was a bigger deal than it is And a big deal today. for your parents and a big deal yeah. for your family. It was a deal that they celebrated? It was. I think I, I grew up in a single parent family right, okay. and um, I think my mother just really... She allowed me to do what I wanted to do. Right. I mean, she she hadn't kind of planned for me to go to university. Mm. That wasn't something that we'd talked about or anything. But yeah. she thought I was a bright person. She celebrated that. Yeah. She thought yeah. I was bright. She thought I was gifted in some way. Yeah. And she, she took pleasure in that. So, yeah. yeah, I kind of, yeah, I was allowed to kind of do... What I wanted, except when I said that I wasn't. That, yeah, okay. So I do remember <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I said that I wasn't going to go to university and that I was going to be um, was I going to be a plumber or something? Brilliant. Because at the time, really useful now. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. I was going to be a plumber because you know there weren't many female plumbers, That's and I was, brilliant. I was. Um, influenced by the second wave of feminism great so i was going to all these consciousness consciousness raising <laughs> groups and how did you <laughs> so react to, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't pleasant it wasn't, <laughs> i wasn't allowed that was one thing i wasn't allowed to do was to be a plumber <laughs> i'm quite pleased now that i went to university yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i confiscated that i was never a plumber i'm rubbish and things like that when did you come to the young? Uh, the it was the young people's theatre then, wasn't it? It was before yeah. it was the young writers program. Yeah. When did was that? While you were at Goldsmiths, or was yeah. that after Goldsmiths? Yeah. It was while I was at Goldsmiths. I think I was. How did it? Yeah, I think I was writing about the young people's theatre. Um, for an essay or something. For an essay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so then I, I can't remember which way round it happened, but I sent them a sketch I'd written mm. to the Young Writers Group. Mm. And this sketch was just about these two 
girls. It was called Saturday Night or something right. like this. And there was just these two girls getting ready to go out. Yeah. And they never go because they mm. just stay in talking and <laughs> joking. And Having a much better time. Talking, yeah, and so, talking about, I don't know, whatever it was. Yeah. And um, and then I was invited, then I just got involved and I acted in a few things Was that when well. they were in Portobello Road? Was that when Portobello Road? Yeah. Uh, no, they were here first. Right, okay. So it was really the early days of the Young People's Theatre. Right. Because they were in a shed, where was it? It was possibly, remember. yeah. It, was, yeah. it wasn't, it was near, yeah, it was just down around the corner. That's it. And the, and the site, as is now, yeah. was that was shared with the London transport workers who had their, oh, really? they had their cafe there. Okay, John Chapman it. and the activists. Yeah. The activists. That's it, yeah. the activists. And we, we met in the shed. Yeah. Um, the writers group met there. Brilliant. Every week. And I was so excited. My life kind of just oh. took a turn when I was part of that group. In what way? Um, in that it was so... I felt as though I was a writer. Hmm. I started calling myself a writer <laughs> even though I was I hadn't done very much and I was just so excited yeah. to go to the um, meetings every week and I'd be writing. It was like being... Um, it was all really feverish. I couldn't sleep. You know, I'd wake up with an idea and I'd be, like, writing. And, um, yeah, and then to get to come there, go there every week yeah. and just talk about plays and talk about your play talk about everyone else's play I just loved it and Han Neef Qureshi was he teaching there at the time Stephen Wakelam was our first okay. um, yeah. tutor and then Hanif took over and how? Yeah. what were they like fantastic yeah. really and really really encouraging yeah. pushed us Hanif pushed me to write leave taking in fact right and I'd say, oh, I'm not getting, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, what, why isn't it happening for me? Have you done any writing this week? Um, no. <laughs> 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 well, then get on and do some writing. Write yeah. something. Come yeah. on, Winston, push, push yourself. Well, tell me about the writing of that play because it's such an. Uh, yeah. It's, some elements of your story, you know, the girl who wants to, uh, the, the well-behaved yeah. girl, yeah. the presence of sisters, yeah. the presence of a strong maternal figure, yeah. are really rich in that play. But tell, what would, do you remember anything about the process? What do you remember I about? Do. Yeah. I do. I remember that um, when when we were in the young writers group, mm. um, Hanif used to encourage us to write autobiographies. He said that this yeah. was an important thing, so we'd write these prose pieces um, and we'd write quite honest pieces about our lives actually Yeah. and so when it came to writing leave taking I kind of used some of the work we'd done in that group Yeah. Um, so I started with a family that looked a bit like my family mm -hmm. if you know what I mean mm -hmm. and started thinking about um I don't know, started thinking about my mother's journey yeah. to this country and... She, and she was, f she was of that first generation of she was, immigrants from yeah, the Caribbean. Yeah, she was yeah. Um, Windrush generation, yeah. really. She came here in the late 50s yeah. uh, to join my father, who right. uh, was already here. He'd been here a year. Um, and so, she, and that's in the play. She'd yeah. kind of waited a whole year. Yeah. Or he'd waited a whole year before he could afford 
for her to come over. This is all so present in the play, right? That's all in the play. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I started right because at the time there was this big thing that people talked about all the time, which was the conflict between the British-born people like myself yeah. and their parents from the Caribbean yeah. and different reactions or different ways of resisting oppression and the idea at the time was that the older generation many of them were very sort of you know um, I don't know very well behaved right. they wouldn't make a fuss yeah. and then there were this the younger generation who were flaring up there were yeah. constant points of tension etc so I wanted to write about that conflict, yeah. And I really wanted to write from the girl's point of view, from and the two daughters' point. That's of, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But when I started writing, and you know, when you start thinking about character, mm. I became really interested in the mother mm. and her struggles, if you like. And um, she, I, I became kind of yeah, more focused on her, yeah, more interested by her more sympathetic to what she was going through than I'd ever been. So writing yeah. brought me to some <laughs> kind of understanding. Reconciliation yeah, of your own. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not sure it works quite like that because, yeah. um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah it, it's not, you know, there isn't um, a direct relationship sure. between the journey to the play yeah. and my own life, yeah, not yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there is some relationship between the two things, you know? Yeah. Um, it can be kind of lazy assumption that writers are all, always drawing autobiographically, but that moment yeah. of the moment of writing dialogue is a moment of absolutely of imagination, regardless absolutely. of where it comes from. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, but but there's always something that comes from yeah. within yeah. like when people say write what you know and yeah. I always say, Well, yeah, but you also write what you come to know. Yeah. You know, it's write an exploration. What you imagine, exactly, exactly what you imagine or what you've researched. Because even if you're writing what you've imagined, what you research, it's definitely coming from you. It's definitely coming from yeah. you. It's it's appeal that material has appealed to you for some reason. Yeah. You know, you've become yeah. committed to that for some reason. So yeah. I do remember writing quite a lot of drafts, having right. this sense of what I thought it meant to write a piece for theatre, you know, that it had to have some kind of spark or tension in it. Right. And kind of rewriting to find that or find the characters, find their voices and stuff and having an instinct about when I was getting close to that. And it was but just an instinctive discovery. You weren't working with other people or with um, actors who were helping you find it. No, not with actors or right. anything. Um, this is a long time ago, yeah. so I'm... I'm trying to remember yeah don't worry it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's you can make tough. it up it'd be great it's <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. I do remember and if to improvise it I, <laughs> the, yeah the, no there weren't any actors involved it was, but you know I remember one thing I do remember uh, was when I went to the group every week yeah and I loved it so much I was yeah. writing two plays like here is welcome and leave to anyway yeah. um and I'd share my uh, work with the group, and I remember saying to myself, look, just listen. Just listen to every single thing they say, whether it's good, bad, whatever, just listen, but don't take any of it to heart. So yeah. if they think it's great, yeah. don't be yeah. influenced by that. If they think yeah. this is awful, 
don't don't worry about it just write down every single thing everyone says and then when you get home and that's what I do I I just write yeah. down everything they'd say and then when I got home I'd I'd look through it and I'd sift through it and think okay well this is useful to developing the play and you know it's 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 a, I, I, it's, it's a startling self-assurance to be able yeah. to give yourself that talking to but it's the thing yeah. I talk a lot to beginning writers about yeah. listen very very carefully to everything everybody says yeah. and then equally carefully choose what to ignore yes exactly <laughs> that's, that's kinda... exactly what I did and yeah. do you know the funny thing is being such a shy kid as I was then right. such a shy kid seemingly lacking in confidence but when it came to this for some reason mm. I did have that confidence wow. and I think that was born of desire because I wanted to write you know so I, I remember someone saying to me, well, what if it doesn't happen? And I remember saying to them, oh, that's, it, it will definitely happen. <laughs> I will definitely get a play on. And that is the confidence of youth, because yeah. as soon as I got something on, that confidence, <laughs> you know, I longed to have that confidence right. again as I got older. Yeah. But um, I... I, I it, it is it's interesting lovely to think about that writer's relationship to shyness yeah it's kind of something I never really talked about to writers on here but I wonder how many of the writers I spoke to were kind of shy at school or kind of shy yeah. I, mean, I know I was yeah and then it's in through the imaginary world of what yes. we write down yeah that we can find that kind of confidence yeah. that yeah yeah. And, and I don't know if it's shyness or just um, a need to observe and witness right. and watch things and to live in your head a bit and think yeah. a lot and yeah. you know have that imaginary world yeah. maybe it's that yeah. you know it, it is you know hmm. it's a, it is a different way of of um living in the world though yeah. isn't it just you know, yeah living in the mind um yeah. so you, there was a flurry of productions yeah. all close together right at the start of your kind of like yeah. staged life yeah. so le Leave Taking wasn't the first you had a play at the Half Moon is that right at the kids that's there? right I yeah. did it was uh, called oh god I've got for a minute I've forgotten <laughs> what it was I totally should have I should it doesn't matter that, that is that is peak Producer Anushka is going to tell us at the end of that yeah. you work for the Half Moon and then yeah. the women's playwrights trust yes yeah Jules Wright yeah I don't know anything about that organisation oh, yeah. what was that organisation it was run by Jules Wright yeah. and she produced work by women mm. the Women's Playhouse Trust was to promote and develop women playwrights do they support April as well I wonder if I've, if April's talked about a similar thing maybe maybe, maybe I'm misremembering terribly yeah um, um, and, um, and, they, and Jules was supportive to you yeah yeah she yeah. she um made sure that my plays were produced mm. uh, so Heroes Welcome yeah. got a production here yeah. in the theatre upstairs because Jules um, she I've, I've described it as like when Jules was on your side you got a, a big sister who's <laughs> like really tough and cool <laughs> like you might be nerdy yeah. shy but you got this really cool chain smoking great um, Doc Martin wearing no, she didn't wear Doc Martens, but I I always remember her in the, you know, kind of arguing, bashing down doors for you. Yeah, and yeah. that's what Jules did. And then when the plays were produced, 
um, Jules would give them these beautiful productions. So in the theatre upstairs... Did she direct Heroes Welcome? She, uh, she directed a Heroes Welcome, yeah. that's right. And she, she produced it as though it was some, you know, big, you know, uh, uh, by um, a really important established playwright <laughs> you know she didn't yeah. produce it as though it was a new thing she she'd give it a re she'd really um give it a great production which is the essence of what this theater is about it's what yes. Devine wrote about in 1953 yeah. when he wrote for funding for this theater mm. was to treat new plays as though they were classics and you know being brought um you know sort of um developing through that tradition yeah with that tradition there were things that stick in my head like the right to fail, all that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, those phrases. Um, so that that gave you the courage mm. Mm. because you had the right to fail. That meant that you could actually, you know, take a risk with your work. And that was the whole point. Yeah. That's what you would do. You would take a risk and, you know, yeah, see so see what happened. How are you? How are you doing things like paying rent at this time? You're still a student. You're at Birkbeck. You're doing your masters at Birkbeck. Yeah. Or was this happening sometime after you finished graduation? Yeah, this was. Yeah, I was at Birkbeck. Mm. How was I? Um, it was the eighties. Well, People didn't pay rent. Do you, do you know what? <laughs> Housing benefit. I know. Yeah. It, well, I didn't do any of that because um, I'm a child of um, immigrants. Right. And so you don't do that. Because, as a child of immigrants, you you don't um, you 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 have to work. Yeah. You have to work. That's what you've come here for. Yeah. To work to pay. Did your you way feel that strongly, blah, blah, blah. even being a child born here? Well, it was just, I was just brought up that yeah. way. How did you? Um, do you remember jobs you were doing? Do you remember yeah, the jobs you were doing at the time? Mainly temping. Right. I remember working in a factory uh, when they had like a factory. Um, <laughs> now they used to no, make things in this country. Yeah. 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 Um, and um, yeah, what else did I do? That was it, really. Mm. It, it didn't cost as much to live then, <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah. So you know. But yeah. a, a hero's welcome was here. Was it yeah. in the theatre upstairs? Yeah. And and then leave taking was was it not quite simultaneous? Shortly after though, it right? It was shortly after in the Be Liverpool studio. That's right. Yeah. Um, because of. Um, uh, Hero's Welcome. I got a com well. What happened was there was a reading yeah. of a Hero's Welcome, and I invited people to come yeah. and hear that, see the reading, you know, yeah. the rehears rehearsed reading. Mm. And as a result of that, I was commissioned by Liverpool Playhouse Studio. Mm. I had leave taking, um, and so I used that for the commission. Right. I rewrote it, and then. Yeah. So it went on at the Liverpool studio. And I think that Hero's Welcome was after that production. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. But yes, I think it was. I don't know Hero's Welcome. I, I yeah. look forward to getting a chance to read that. Is it thematically carved from this kind of similar um, stone? Or? Yeah, but it's set. I mean, I was. I think I wrote that one because I was trying to find my own history a little bit. Right. And so it's set after the Second World War, and it's about a soldier who uh, was involved in the Second World War and who um, goes back to Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, a bit like Playboy of the Western World yeah. by J. M. Singh. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah. Had you um, did you visit the Caribbean in your childhood and your youth? Not as a child, no. Right. Um, 
wasn't until I was yeah qu- quite a lot older yeah. that I went for the first time. Did you write about it before you went there, or write yeah, about it? Pre- it's mythology. I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. And a hero's welcome was me attempting to to find that somehow. Yeah. yeah. It's very strong in the girls in Leave Taking their desire to go to the yeah. Caribbean and confronted yeah. with their uncle and their mums. That's right. You know, yeah. <laughs> kind of like yeah. dismissing their yeah. rather idealised notion of what yeah. that is. Yeah, yeah, the the idea of of finding some aspect of yourself, you know, yeah. of the idea that you or the feeling I had of not really knowing my history at all, which mm. continues. I mean, the plays I'm writing at the moment are really about that. Actually, I've gone back in time. Right. Um, the mother who was a, my mother who was a sort of focus uh, for leave taking who helped me write it to a degree um, in, in various ways helped you write leave taking yeah, yeah I mean just through talking to me and yeah. me kind of asking her questions etc yeah. about her experience as an immigrant and um, when she died three years ago I suddenly felt um a need to go even further back and I started mm. reading about um, his- history and a, a history that I can't really know yeah. you know because I'm descended from enslaved people and so yeah and that that suddenly became really important to me mm. and I, I so I've been writing about it mm. um, or trying to write about it, trying to kind of reconstruct, if you like, a history that's kind of lost, right. you know. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, so maybe I've always been kind of searching in a way for that kind of identity, if you like, through writing. Um, Do you remember the uh, production of Leave Taking, its presence at Liv- in Liverpool, and then at the National Theatre? What are your memories of that time? which I guess would be a similar time as A Hero's Welcome Here. It must yeah. have felt pretty exciting. Or, or kind of like really all those people exciting. who asked you what would happen if you didn't make it, just like, yeah, told you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was really exciting. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'd been involved in groups here yeah. at, the, at the Royal Court, so to some degree it was it felt kind of familiar to have right. work on because one, one, one of the things I didn't say was that the writers group used to we used to do our own own thing they'd leave us to our own devices sometimes right and so we would just act in each other's plays direct them write them yeah and they were shown in the theatre upstairs um, wow yeah we had a, a sort of festival of work that we'd done we'd um you know, created it all on our own. There wasn't anyone facilitating. There was nobody coming no. in and telling you how to do it properly. No, so we'd go wild. <laughs> we'd just—it <laughs> was like we'd just have a wild time. That's so brilliant. Each week, we were like kids just in the playground, let loose. That's I remember so us just shouting and <laughs> laughing, and then somehow we'd get the work done. Mm. You know, and so we had some pieces that were, oh, um, you, you know, showcased in the theatre upstairs yeah. we, we sort of got it together but yeah it was um, you know the first time you have a play on it it is incredible yeah it's 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 um, 
yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was exciting. What were you like as an audience member? Did you go every night, or did you sit in total terror, or to terror? Yeah, it's kind of traumatic. I found it also traumatic when it first went up. Really nervous, um, but actually not. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, not with the very first production. Right. Because with the very first production, it was just. I was just excited to see it and hear it. Mm. And then in subsequent productions, yeah. then that anxiety kind of came yeah. in because you started to see what was at stake to some degree. Yeah. And I had no idea about any of that. I'm more anxious watching my first nights now than I was in my 20s. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm absolutely, and I, I'm very, I kind of twitch and shake and. <laughs> But you, but you watch them. Yeah, I always watch, watch always them. watch the opening night. Okay. Do you watch the opening yeah. night? I do. Um, there was a director who I knew who who didn't used to watch the first half, and I got into the habit of doing that. She'd go off and have a I don't know whiskey or something, <laughs> and then she'd come back for the second half. And I got into the it habit. Sounds of, so actually, cool, doesn't it? It, it was really, really cool. cool. It was really cool. I can so never do it. So she'd be like really relaxed watching the second half, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I, but then subsequently I I did watch them because mm. people are aware of who's in the audience, aren't they? The actors, yeah, are always of course aware. they are. Yeah. yeah. And then so how how is it how is it like watching Leave Taking? I'll say this year, but the nature of podcasts means that they, anybody yeah. can be listening to this anytime. Two thousand eighteen's yeah. really successful revival at yeah. the Bush Theatre with yeah. Madney yeah. directed, Madney Eunice, the artistic director. Yeah. What, um, how was it seeing the play twenty years later, or how many years that is? I've got to tell you that it was, um, well, what an experience really for me because yeah. I, I talk about it, I've talked about it quite a lot, but mm. it felt like there were ghosts in the room, oh. actually, and I was one of them. You know, the girl who'd written that play mm. was, you know, that she was there. I could sort of s literally see her because mm. I'm very different to that yeah. girl. Yeah, and um so I'd, uh, you know, when we were, you know, when they ask you questions and, and I didn't know the answers <laughs> to a lot of them. And I, I wanted to say, oh, ask her, you know, <laughs> ask her, she, she, yeah. she, she'll, she'll, she'll know the answer. Um, yeah. But there were various, you know, my mother is no longer here. So she was in the room. We had this thing where we put all the pictures of our families on the um, wall and I have a, beautiful picture of my mother staring straight out like looking right out right. at you and um, Madney the director told me that while they were rehearsing he'd look at her picture and she seemed sometimes to be saying oh no you've not got it <laughs> you've got to you know do a bit better than that and, and then he said there are some days where she seemed to be saying yeah good good job <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it was it was because you know it's like meeting people um i have reunions with um people i went to school with when i say reunions we've not lost touch really yeah and the girl even the girl who wrote the novel when she was seven i'm still you know friends she's a her. novelist she's not oh i know it's, awful, <laughs> yeah, it's not too late for her so, you must yeah, tell her i must tell her yeah. <laughs> yeah but we used to be we used to have a double act and she kind of you know, we, we, we used to sort of do drama, double acts and things. So, mm. But um, it's like when you meet people and you've known them a long time and you have all the different versions of them in your head yes. when you meet them yeah. from the time that they're a kid up yeah. until 
well, we're all middle-aged now, <laughs> me and my friends. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was a bit like that, watching the play. But right. also on the first night, we had a lot of... Um, Enid, the main character, I think we had... Um, all the whip, all the actors who'd played Enid in the other productions. Oh, brilliant. We had the Uncle Brods, oh, and we brilliant. had a few of the daughters who, you know, and what was interesting was they're now old enough to play Enid or the Gosh, older, yeah. like, fortune teller. And I yeah. am, I mean, it's, it, it's, it is fascinating because I'm older than my mother was when I wrote the play now. Gosh, it is so, it is really interesting, you know. I've gone from being the girl to the mother, and then, you know, you kind of think, oh, so I'll be the elderly <laughs> woman. In <laughs> not that, you know, in a few years, really I will be the, yeah. The ghosts. So yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> Man, but um, was you, is your sister still alive? Is she still around? Yeah, she's. She's still um, going to the theatre with you. Uh, That's a very mm, personal question. You don't need. I know. I'm going to answer yeah. it because she, she, t you know, I. Because, um, you know, when Leave Taking came up and we started, we were talking a lot about when we'd go to the theatre yeah. together. And she um, used to be a dance teacher, so we'd go and see dance together oh, as well. Brilliant. We'd go yeah. to Sadler's Wells and all yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And she was just talking about how exciting it is to go yeah. to the theatre. She doesn't go as much as me anymore, but um, but you wouldn't I be the take only her daughter. The, oh, so, do yeah. you? Yes. How beautiful. And we're going to see Twelfth Night at the Young Vic in a couple of weeks. And oh, she's right. she's just thirteen, so she's you know starting to watch theatre. And you won't me. be the only black British woman in that no, audience. Definitely not. That's a yeah. kind of a thrilling change in our theatre yeah, culture. I absolutely. Think. Do you feel it that? Is. You yes, it it really is. It yeah. really is. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to congratulate the culture too much because there's still massive flaws, but it's changed, right? It, it has changed quite a lot. Yeah. Of course, as you say, there's a lot of ground still to be covered. There's still a lot of work to do, but um, yeah, that that's a big change. Do you when that Guardian quote gets used about you all the time, and I used it because I'm lazy in the introduction <laughs> about being the godmother of Black British playwriting. Do you feel that as a restricting label or something you're pr I mean rightly proud of, or it's like you know? Uh, a limitation or something you feel you've achieved in the way that you're honoured by you know the writers who've come after you lock up to you well, how do you feel about that as a label um, I don't think very much about it really yeah. you know I don't think any writer would actually or about your responsibility for bringing about that revolution that is um, well I don't think that can ever be down to a single person, can right. it? So, you know, it, it's, it's, um, and any, anyway, uh, writing is collaborative, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah, always course. a collaboration and, you know, what, what makes a play is, you know, there are, there are lots of people behind the creation of a play, aren't yeah. there? Um, yeah. So, and, and when you look at um, history, if you want to call it that, it's always contentious about how things come about, you know, that the, sure. it's just a, that's a subjective view. But what I'm proud of is that I've made a contribution. You know, I, I tend to say that there is a body of work created by black British artists yeah. and I've made a contribution to that. Yeah. So I feel very, very proud of that. Yeah incredibly proud because right, so. I am the child of immigrants you know and so I've done what 
we do, which is, you know, we, we, change, we bring about some kind of change in whatever small way there is. We, you know, we, um, you know, I think, you know, you have a, you have a, you have a purpose yeah. as a child of, an, of immigrants. You know, you, you're not just here to acquire or whatever, you have a purpose. So, you know, I think I've, I've um, to some degree, served it. I've got a lot of work to do yeah. in the next few years and then, you know, yeah. I think you have, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not you have not. I'm not yeah. you have. I don't. Mean, I think you have got quite a lot of work to do, Winston. Just to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. tell me a little bit, cause just because I fell in love with it so much, I'd love to talk a little bit about talking in tongues and the okay. writing of that. Yeah. Do you remember who was that? That was a was that? Do you remember the writing of that play? Or that that was made here, right? That was yeah. a real court play. Yeah, and I've got notebooks mm. um, where I I wrote um, what I, I you know I kept a journal as I yeah. was writing it and yeah. Um, yeah it was directed by Hetty McDonald yeah. and so I'd wanted I'd picked up that play came about through listening to people right and um, observing things that were happening my whole you know I really wanted to um, document what was going on with this um, new, this idea of this new or changing culture the way that black British people were somehow changing this idea of what it meant to be British, you know? Mm. And yeah. so uh, that play came about just through these observations and listening to people's conversations and this kind of thing. And then the Watching brilliant people. kind of subversive act of taking the second act. Yeah. Taking those people to the Caribbean in the second act. Yeah. I think, I think there's a complexity in that that I found really yeah. thrilling. Yeah. Was that something you knew before you started writing that you were going to have that double act gesture? Uh, I'm. I can't honestly remember. can't remember. Just say yes. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Yes, I can't I'm a remember. genius. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it's like. It's yeah. like um, when when you're finding a play. Yeah. And you 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 discover things you make these discoveries through through, through writing. the writing yeah. that's right and you yeah. pursue them yeah and it's having the courage to do that really isn't it to say oh what happens if I do this and that process when you're thinking you know I mean I would when, I, when I'm writing I'll I'll be f confronted with a problem if mm -hmm. you like and I'll and I'm I'll, I'll think it through I'll spend a lot of time thinking about it and then I'll find the drama. Where will you do the thinking? Are you thinking that. at your desk or are you thinking no. kind of while you're doing the washing up and yeah. kind of kicking around the while house or whatever? While you're doing different things. And the I problem might be how do you get one character from here to there or what exactly. do they want or something? Yeah. 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 But also um, sort of big, you know, bigger ideas or questions as well. Right. So you start with an idea and then always it's how do you, how do you dramatise that? Isn't it? Rather than describe it. That's right. Or, yeah. 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 How do yeah. you make it a dramatic how moment rather than the poetic right. one? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And what how what have you found helpful in the search for that? Hmm. <laughs> um you know it's really difficult to say. Yeah. Of course I it is. find yeah. being relaxed if that sounds really <laughs> no, weird good. but being relaxed and usually in the bath 
That's brilliant. Usually long baths. Yeah. Just take long baths. And <laughs> you kind of suddenly and think, and then suddenly you'll come to. You're like, oh, I'm freezing cold. <laughs> There's no water in the bath. I need to get out. But yeah. that's most of my ideas come. Um, yeah. Just, but it, but it is. It's about thinking, isn't it? Allowing your mind to play. Or, yeah. You know, and the thinking comes as a product of work as well. It's not. It's not just kind of like sitting in the bath. I do a no. lot of. Like a lot, and I'm. A, I take a lot of. Say I take a lot of showers. I have showers rather than baths, but I'll yeah. get breakthroughs in the shower. Yeah. But only because yeah. of being grafting at an idea and not yeah. being doing it. And exactly. it's when you relax your brain. It is. It really is. But you. But you're right because you have to have come come up across the question. Yeah. And the problem, and you do that through the work don't you where do you work where do you work uh lots of different places i've got a place um where i live i've got a room mm. for writing you're still a london you're still I'm based london in london based, yeah. Yeah. yeah but now southeast london right um how was that like crossing the river controversial gesture to cross the to go south of the river winsome <laughs> i know it is but i i i really like it do you yeah okay. i really like it it's <laughs> I yeah, so. Um, but you got a room in your house. I've got a room in my house. Yeah. But I also work anywhere. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I have to get out. Yeah. And I'll work in a library. I'll work in a cafe. Yeah. I'll you know, and you can take the work anywhere. Yeah. I grew up in a house that was sometimes noisy, and so I'd kind of, <laughs> so I got used to writing in a noisy house. Yeah. It was my bit of peace, you know. Whatever was going on around me, I would you know be able to kind of do some work and so I still have that habit sometimes sometimes I need to be around noi the noise of the world but then there are other times when I have to just you know be alone because so it diff it's different in that in it, I, I'm like that I can write I can write on family holidays because mm. it's in in the chaos the mo the space of writing becomes the quiet place. Yeah. And it's almost kind of more beautiful because of the chaos. Yeah. It's not always yeah. the case, but sometimes it's kind of lovely, yeah. right? And sometimes you need distance, I yeah. think. So you do find that when you move away somewhere, yeah. you have a perspective on experiences and etc. Yeah. That then you can write about them. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk briefly about mules as well and about Clean yeah. Break, which I realise yeah. in, in, in this series of podcasts, I'm not sure how many times we've talked about Clean Break, but not many. It's a massively yeah. important company, right? Yeah. Tell yeah. us about your experience of who Clean Break are for people who don't know and yeah. your experience. Well, Clean Break them. is a theatre company that works with women um, prisoners and ex prisoners. Mm. And I was their writer in residence for a while. They invited me to do that, and that meant working with women in prison. Uh, I worked in Holloway Prison. Actually, I think I worked in every single women's prison in... In London. England. In England? I think wow. I did. What was that like? Really fascinating. Yeah. Really, I mean, but... Um, yeah, it was, it was great work to do. I've, I've never worked with writers who so needed to write before. You know, so some of the women I would work with in Holloway and then I'd meet them outside at mm. Clean Break when they were released. Yeah. And then I'd work with them again in Holloway if they got back in. Well, which the very but, high rates of recidiv yeah. recidivism. Yeah. I never said that word. Yeah. But those women, as I said, they were, they really loved writing. They really needed to write. When I was working at Clean Break, 
which was then at Camden Town, mm. I'd have this group and the women would turn up every single week with writing and it was great writing. Wow. Um, because, you know, it was, I think for some of them, they suddenly were writers rather than what they'd done, you know, to get into Holloway or wherever. Yeah. They were now... They're able to there reinvent was a new themselves identity. in those groups. Yes, yeah. that's right. And yeah. they, it was something, it's something you're in control of, yeah. isn't it? And your voice is valued yeah. exactly as it is and your experience. So, yeah, it was really interesting. And I researched mules while I was working in the prison. So the women would um, talk to me about their experiences. Like drug trafficking. And, and, yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, and then you were sent off to write the play, but not allowed to base it directly on any of the women which sure. I really loved yeah. I loved the respect that Clean Break yeah. um, demonstrated for these women and I think that's evident in all the work they do mm. yeah I think so um, and they they're now I mean they're, they're going through a, ch a shift now and they're focusing more on the on the um, plays okay. which is interesting yeah so you know, they've still got the same ethos, but they're going to make more of the work they do and commission more rights and commission right. more women with experience of the criminal justice system. Because there are some really good writers yeah. coming up yeah. through um, through um, Clean Break. Yeah. The um, I said in the introduction that uh, it's been kind of quite ten years for you on the stages until yeah. the revival of Leave Taking last yeah. year. It's something that I am really conscious of. It happens to playwrights, right? Yeah. We it does. we go in and out of fashion, and we yeah. fall out of fashion. Yeah. Uh, and then they stop doing our stuff. Yeah. Do you? I mean, what did you experience that? You've talked in into. I know you've talked a little bit about that in an interview. Did you? Um. I'm not sure. I can talk about it no, actually. It's it's really yeah no it's. Because I think it's quite a complex thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I really do. I think there are personal things that happen to you that... Um, sure. Sure. You know, that affect this kind of thing. Um, I blame all the artistic directors. They're all fuckers. It's, it's, the, it's the artistic <laughs> directors, isn't it? Bastards. <laughs> Total fuckers. I hate them all. Um, <laughs> I don't know. really, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> to have um, you know to to kind of um, ha have had the experience that I had this summer Beautiful, it's amazing yeah, yeah. To be and with that the, play yeah, yeah. Um, which was you know so important to me and for it to come at the time it did with all yeah. the Windrush because I was so you know I, it's alarming you in know, that play which was written in the 80s to yeah. find what Theresa May managed to instigate in our country over the past year yeah. predicted with such precision. It's well, fucking terrifying. The thing is, it, 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 it's just that it was, it was present then. These yeah. ideas, this was ongoing. This yeah. is where it, what we see played out today yeah. started in the 80s. Yeah. They were all asked to make sure that they were naturalised. And my mother, she, she got sorted. Right. She sorted herself out and yeah. she sorted out the other people she knew. Yeah. So they wouldn't have, you know, suffered in the way that other people did. But, mm. you know, I'm I'm actually though very happy and um that she isn't here to have witnessed oh. what happened. No, I absolutely am 
absolutely relieved that she wasn't here to witness what um, her peers have had to go through with this scandal for all the loyalty that they had towards this country, everything they contributed to have been treated in this way. I'm just really happy that my mother did not witness that, was not subjected to that, because it's a heartbreaking thing for um, to, to see them have to go through. And the repercussions, I think, you know, will, will go on. And it's part of, um, as I said to you, you know, a history of that kind of um, oppression. You know, it hasn't ended yet. It hasn't been addressed. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, um, just talk a little bit, let's talk a little bit about your writing process. Is yeah. your writing now? Yeah. Has your process changed in, your, in the way that you write? Are you more of a planner now? Are you still, I love the idea that you use a notebook while you're writing, like a separate yeah, a notebook. Journal. A journal. Yeah. How do you use your journal? What's the function of the journal? It's just for my thoughts, just right. to get the thoughts out. Yeah. Do you know you talk about we were talking about thinking? Yeah. And so it's just working things out, yeah. really, in, yeah. in the journal. Yeah. Or if I And that's while you're writing block, scenes and yeah. while you're writing dialogue. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you write the scenes on a computer or something and the journal is a, a Yeah, the journal's by hand yeah. and the scenes on a computer. That's yeah. brilliant. Mm. Yeah, but that's what you, is that what you've always done, or is this a new thing that you're kind of exploring? I've in your always process? done that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't use the notebooks. No, I do. I still do. I yeah. still do use the notebooks yeah. in the same way. Yeah. But in those, in, when I started, I used to draw pictures as well ah. of what I see on stage. You know. Oh, just little di yeah. yeah, little not because I can't draw, but you know, just little diagrams of stage images. Yeah, yeah. Leo Butler does a very similar oh, thing. Does he? Yeah, yeah. Ibsen yeah. used to have a little toy theatre. He used to have like oh. a doll's uh, a doll's house theatre, you know, That's a doll's nice. theatre, and 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 block them with the toy theatre on yeah. on his desk. I might it's start quite, doing that. It's a fun thing. <laughs> yeah, I might do that because I know Leo does an exercise where he asks students to create like a model. Yeah. Play. Yeah. So I, yeah, I've always thought, yeah, I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Leo, you're a celebrated teacher of playwriting, and people have spoken with great love of the way you've taught them. What's teaching given you? Oh. <clears throat> As an artist, oh, specifically. Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah I think that working with, um, you know, thinking about structure, sure. talking about it, yeah. reading plays it contributes to your own work. That's why I like teaching. Yeah. I always say to my students, you know, the, one of the reasons I do this is because I'm learning. Yeah. In yeah. exploring this with you, I'm I'm learning myself. And, and that will be, that's lifelong. By making the intuitive, by articulating the intuitive, yeah. we have more ownership of it. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just intuiting yeah. it, in order yeah. to be able to explain it yeah. to somebody else. Yeah. But there are some things that I think you can't really give to people. There are some things that are unique to you and to your process, and you want to somehow protect that to a degree. And that's yeah. not saying that you're keeping secrets from the students, but really one of the things you want is for them to find for sure. their own process, you know, sure. their own way of working. Yeah. Do you ever read your old plays? Do you ever? Re I mean, clearly when they're being uh, remounted, you might have a look at them before going to rehearsal or even in the rehearsal room. But like, are you inter do you think about the plays, your body of work? Do you think about? No. No. Do you? 
Well, the question I was leading, I was going to ask, because I kind of... The question I was going to ask you is whether you find ideas recurring in your plays, mm -hmm. or you're consciously drawn back to themes. And I think to a degree, mm. sometimes with my stuff I do, mm. and I kind of think, this is an interest. And rather than... I remember, mm. you know, I, I find it difficult to talk about teaching playwriting without thinking about Stephen Jeffries, mm. who, as we spoke, just mm. died a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But something that he told me was that writers do return to, mytholo to myths. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. No. It's, like it's a good thing yeah. to have things that we return to in order to make sense yeah. of. And I just wonder if you have identified that in your own plays, of the things which you would say Winston Pinnock writes about. Um... Yes. <laughs> uh, also, also there are character. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's a, there's a character who appears in my plays, in every single play, in different ways. But I identify them. I know them. And Does anybody Del else know is, them? Nobody else will notice it. So beautiful. But like one of the daughters yeah. in the play, Del, the naughty daughter. Yeah. She is that character, and they are in every single play. And I, I, I didn't realise that at first. And then I kind of noticed it, and I thought, oh, okay. And and the, it, that is someone who is, um, it's not my, um, you know, Dell is one of the sisters in the play. It isn't my sister mm -hmm. in, you know, my real life. Mm -hmm. so, but it is someone I, I know very well. And they are, <laughs> I don't think they've noticed it, but they are in every single one of my plays. And what's their dramatic function? What are they there for? I, I don't consciously put them in the play, mm. but... <laughs> they end up being there and I, I realised it was because I this is very personal okay but I, I didn't um, I was always afraid that that person wouldn't survive and they're in my play and they have they've, they're kind of older now but they, 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 they that's why they're in my play and I didn't I honestly wasn't conscious of that it's but, great. yeah so, so you know this sort of tearaway character <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're not always a tearaway but they're always in every play still yeah. surviving yeah yeah Winston Pennock thank you so much oh thank you thank you we always have a thing at the uh, end at the end of the conversations where we get producer Anushka to give us facts and questions including the title oh, of your first okay. play <laughs> Maybe I've got the title of the, the first wind place. of change. Wind of change. <laughs> yes. Did I, you find it? Yes, the yeah? wind of change. Oh, well done. I mean, not well done. I just googled it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any facts or questions, then? Um, you took away one of them, so oh. I couldn't ask that. Oh, Simon accidentally said, like almost one of the funniest book-related jokes we've ever had on the podcast. Really? When you were talking about being in the library, and he said, "Oh, or it's you like said, no, don't." Simon, it's not going to work if you do this. Um, you're in the library yeah. and uh, wondering why you'd never got told back to go back to class, and you said they must have known what you were bound for, and that's a book joke, isn't it? Bound for. No, I didn't know that. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious times. Yeah, thanks, Nish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, then good. what was the other thing I was going to say? Mm. Oh, yes, this is interesting. Two more things. One, there are 12. Uh, female prisons in England, none in Wales, one in Scotland, and in Northern Ireland, oh. women are held in a unit um, within a male young offenders institution. Oh, wow. A bit random. God. Did um, you go to all 12? Do you think you went to 12? Yeah, you must have. We may well have done. Yeah. It's amazing. Over the years. Yeah. Yeah. 
then the last thing is, which never happens, but Simon asked you a question about if you reread your plays, and then you asked him a question, and he dodged the answer by turning it into something about themes, <laughs> which isn't actually the same thing as do you reread your plays? Uh, only if they're being restaged. I think it'd be weird if it were otherwise. Yeah, that would be my future. I'll spend my 50s doing that. <laughs> I was good. Be, I was good. I wasn't just a podcaster, I mean, you know. I, I wrote some plays as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Royal Court Theatre Playwrights Podcast. If you'd like to listen to more, make sure you subscribe at royalcourttheatre.com or iTunes to get the next episode. You can purchase many of the plays discussed at royalcourttheatre.com forward slash shop. The Playwrights Podcast is brought to you by the Royal Court Theatre, presented by me, Simon Stevens, produced by Anushka Warden and Emily Legg.